Well, we're at that blessed time where we get ready to hear the word. This is an awesome and amazing time. Raise your hand if you have your pencils, notebook, something ready to write with. All right, we thank you for doing that. But before we get started, we want to welcome our online guests. Welcome to West Houston Christian Center. Our pastor has a divine word for you this morning. It is the second to last word that he's going to share prior to the new year. So without further ado, put your hands together for our pastor, Jack C. Pigeon. Thank you, Virgo. I still look around when I hear that. I'm like, it's my dad, right? Thank you, Lord. How's everybody doing? I have a free phone. Thank Vincent, is it yours? Vincent, phone home. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So excited about what God's doing. So excited to be a part of what God's doing at West Houston Christian Center. I think you're in the best church in the whole world right now. I believe without a shadow of a doubt that West Houston Christian Center is the greatest church going right now. Now, it's not because I'm here or Michelle's here. It's because you're here. Amen. I'm excited. Whenever I look around the congregation and I just see all the people that God brings here, and I see so many of us that were once just as lost as a goose in a blizzard, as my dad would say. But God, amen. Where else would this group of people gather? There's not one other thing that we agree on. We couldn't even all go to the same restaurant, see the same sports team, go to the same movie. But we all agree on Jesus. Amen. And that's the thing that keeps us together. I'm excited about the word this morning. Uh, my parents texted me this morning and uh, my father said that they were battling a little bit of a cold and that they were not going to make it in this morning. And so I'll give them a hard time about that for sure. I want to make sure that they're not like at a movie or something this morning. No, they're not. They love being here. Amen. They love you. And, uh, and it's just so funny since Michelle and I you know, it's been three months. They turned it over to us in October. Look, we haven't broken anything. Nothing's on fire. Nothing's broken. Amen. But uh, it's been fun seeing them in the midst of this transition, too, only because it's just nice to see them step into more of like a mentoring role for all of us. We, it, do you remember my mom's message last Sunday? We, we do not neglect the giftings that God has put in this house in the wisdom of our founding pastors. Amen? Just because they don't come in the shiniest, brightest, most interesting box, you would think, oh, these people are in their 70s and 80s, almost 80. But there's such a wealth and a wisdom inside of them that if you'll just listen, amen? If we'll just listen to the words that they speak, it will make our lives better. Amen. It'll make our lives better because we, 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 there's so there's such a wealth there for us to draw from. Well, this morning I want to talk a little bit about vision, and I'm not here to give you your vision for your life. I think you'll find at the end of this service that that's going to be entirely up to you. But I'm going to give you four things this morning that if you'll do these four things in 2020, when we're together one year from today you're going to look back and say, this has been the best year of my life. Amen? Hallelujah. Brother Jonathan, I am just a little ringy up here this morning. I apologize. It's not me. It's not personal. It's just the mic's a little, a little ringy. 
And Jonathan is working on that. He's so good. Give Jonathan a big hand in the back. He does an amazing job. All of our helps people and stuff do a great job. Let me just preface uh, our New Year's Eve service, which will be Tuesday night at 6 o'clock. The Lord has laid something very special on my heart for that night. And we're going to start at 6. We're going to have worship. And I'm asking each one of our leadership couples, the Williamsons, the Maddoxes, the Riggs, the Pigeons, the Bouchards, the other set of pigeons, we're each going to take about five, seven minutes each, and we're each going to share with you what we feel like the Lord is saying for 2020. Amen? And so you're going to get a multifaceted, you're going to see, you're going to see 2020 from many different perspectives. Amen? But at the end of the service, this is something I think the Lord put in my heart, we want to bless every person in the room. And so anybody that's here on Tuesday night, you're going to have hands laid on you by this entire leadership team. And we're going to bless you and we're going to empower you. And we're going to, you're going to leave here so full of anointing, you're going to blow up when you get in the car. Amen? Don't stand around and open gas or anything like that. Amen? But no, I just feel like it's important for us to impart into you through the laying on of hands and kind of set you in motion for 2020. So you want to be here for that Tuesday night at six o'clock. Amen. Amen. Well, 2020, how was your 2019? Remember all those new year's resolutions you made one year ago? Have you kept any of them? Huh? No, huh? Did we all, I think we all passed around the safe, the same five pounds. Like I lost it, you got it, then you passed it on to somebody else and they passed it. You know, we just pass around that same five pounds every year. Amen. I'm going to be better with my finances. And we, we start off with really good intentions, don't we? It's important when we're setting goals and things, don't overdo it. Pick like one or two really good things. Amen. Because if you try and do 20 things, come January the 2nd, you're done. I've been a member of a health club for 30 years, the same one off and on. And what's going to happen on January 1st is my club is going to be packed. There are going to be new people. What's funny is you'll have a group of people show up and they're wearing clothes from 20 and 30 years ago. That's how long that stuff's been in the closet since they've worked out. But it's still brand new. So my club is going to be packed until Valentine's Day. By February 14th, it will be back to the way it was. Why is that? Because we start off really strong. We start off good, but at some point, whatever we're trying to do, whatever we're trying to change, it will turn into a little bit of work. Amen? So, 2020, this is what I feel like the Lord has said for us as a body. 2020 is a year of focusing on Him. 2020 is the year of us focusing on on him. And our foundational scripture for this year is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. And it simply says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So we're going to be looking unto Jesus. Looking simply means undivided attention. 
Looking away from all distractions in order to fix one's gaze on one object. Basically, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, is having eyes for no one but Jesus. In 2020, I'm going to have eyes for nobody but Jesus. Now, this sounds so incredibly simple, but if we were to sit down with our day and divvy up who gets the most of our attention, I dare to say that it's probably not Jesus. Amen? Now, we're thinking about or doing something all day, every day. But what am I putting my focus on? What am I looking to? Before I was saved and my parents were pastoring the church and I'll be celebrating 28 years next month of walking for Jesus. 28 years. I love it because I've been serving God more of my life than I haven't. And I was so happy when I crossed that threshold. Amen. And, uh, but I just remember when I was in the world and I would watch the evening news and you had, was it Cronkite and Dan Rather and all of these, these intelligent men. And they would tell us about this world that we lived in. And I would think, these men are so smart. They know everything. How could they, their world seems so big. How could this Bible, the Bible seems so small. The word seems so small. But when I got saved, I noticed that this great switch took place. And all of a sudden, the more time I spent in the word, the bigger that world got to me and the smaller that world of news became to me. I encourage us, a lot of us, we, our attention is being vied for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's on our phones, it's on our iPads, it's on our computers, it's on crawls, in our TV, it's everywhere, it's everywhere. Everything is vying for your attention. And whatever you're giving your most attention to, that is the God that you serve. And if that's the news, if that's politics, if that's soap operas, if that's movies, whatever it is that thing, what we're giving our, whatever we're looking unto, it is the author and finisher of your faith. That's why I want Jesus to be what I'm like. Only Jesus, only Jesus can give you what you really need. Amen. Shopping can't give you what you really need. Having more children cannot give you what you need. Only, right, Liza? Hi, Liza. So good to see you. Give Liza a big hand. Where's Jonathan? He's home with the baby. Liza and Jonathan came in from Dallas, amen, the Williamson's children, and we have other, the Bouchard's parents are here. I want to say hi to y'all. God bless you. We're so glad you're here. All of our guests, we love the Christmas season when everybody comes in town. Don't know where I went with that. I had a great point, but I just pew, saw Liza and was like, Liza's here. But having more children's not going to make your life any better. Matter of fact, they can make it a whole lot interesting. Only... Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. We need to spend more time each day looking at him, and I'm going to show you how to look at him. It's not us getting that 5 by 12 picture of Jesus that's on the wall where he's like this, where he's white with long hair, and, 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 stare, and staring at Jesus. That's not going to do it. How do I look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith? How do I do it? This is it. 
This is how I look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. Listen to me. How you treat this book this year is going to dictate your 2020. How much attention you give this book will dictate your quality of life this year. Amen? If you're giving anything else in your life more attention than this, that's your God. This has to be our focus for 2020. It is looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, but doing it through his word. I have to find Jesus. I was at the gym one day and I was talking to a guy and we were talking about our kids or whatever. And he was like, yeah, I've got this kid and he's in college and I have this other kid and he, he went to Vietnam to find himself. Okay. If you have to go find yourself, then you're implying that you're lost. Amen. If you think that you have to go leave to go do something to go find yourself, then what you're implying is that I'm lost and I don't know who I am. Amen. If you want to know who you are, it's in the book. If you want to know what you were created for, if you want to know how to be happy, if you want to know how to fight suicidal thoughts, if you want to know weight loss, if you want to know joy, if you want to know peace, if you want to know all the power and glory of heaven, it's in the book. Amen. You don't need hands laid on you for your future. You don't need your own personal prophet to prophesy over your life. Those are wonderful things and they're good things. But it's your attention. When I look in this book, I am looking on purpose for him. And when I find him, I find me. But if I'm not spending any time in this book, I am going to be lost. I am going to wonder, why is it working for everybody else? Listen to me. This life of the word is the greatest life that there is for a believer. We were created to live off of this word. Amen? Amen. Created. Listen to 1 Peter 2, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, and hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, verse 2, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow up to salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is Good. God doesn't want you just to read his word. He wants you to experience his word. Reading the Bible is not like just going to the library and checking out a novel and reading it from cover to cover and deciding, oh, that was a really good book. I might recommend that. What God wants you to do is he wants you to experience him personally through the reading of his word. God wants to speak to you through revelation knowledge from his word. God wants to help paint the canvas of your life through the scriptures that you put in front of your eyes. If you want to know who you are, if you want to know why you were created, if you want to know what you're here for, get into his word in 2020 and do it for a purpose. And don't just read it. Experience God for yourself. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste. How do I taste that the Lord is good? Look, 
we've all been tasting a lot of stuff the past week. Amen. Have you tasted some good stuff? Is there too much stuff that we've tasted? Do we now have to push some of the taste out of the house? Because we've tasted and seen that that honey-baked ham was so good. Amen? I tasted it. It was good. Amen? It was so good. I'm going to have it again today for lunch. God wants us to experience him in type of the same way. When we change, see, here's the thing, is that when I, well, pastor, when I read the word, God doesn't speak to me. And I totally understand that. I'm giving you 28 years of experience compared to maybe you're just starting. What had to happen for me is that my appetite had to change for the word. See, I've been living off of popcorn and pretzels and, and, and chocolate pie. And when you get into the word, it can be more like vegetables sometimes. Your broccoli, your asparagus, your cauliflower. But once you begin to change the way that you eat and what you taste, you'll develop a taste for the word of God. I cannot tell you that on January 1st, when you sit down and crack open the book and you go into it, that you're going to be like, huh, that's not what he said on Sunday morning. It's a start. How many of you go to the gym and expect to be in shape after one workout? You're out there because you pay and you never show up at the gym. We like you as customers. You're the best. You continue paying, but never show up. Gyms love you. That's how you subsidize all of their programs and everything. Amen. You will not get in shape after one workout, but you'll start. Amen. You're not going to go run a marathon tomorrow, but you can start by learning to maybe walk a half a mile. Every bit of this is just getting us to get into it a little bit for ourselves. Amen. Each and every one of us. Psalms 119, 103 says, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than the honey to my mouth. I'll read that again. Psalms 119, 103. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Psalms 35, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. One of the coolest things about getting into the word for yourself is the more words you have, the more faith you have. The more faith you have, the more trust you have. And when the bigger things come against you, you have developed your trust and your faith so that just like when David stood up against Goliath, you'll be able to stand up against the Goliaths in your life. You cannot do that. You cannot fight Goliath in your own strength. You've got to rise up in faith. Amen. Why was David able to defeat Goliath? It wasn't because he was bigger. It wasn't because he was faster. It wasn't because he was stronger. It's because Goliath blasphemed David's God. He didn't blaspheme David. David didn't go fight Goliath because he hurt his feelings. David went and fought Goliath because he blasphemed the living God. And faith rose up. And he was able to kill that giant. Listen to me. How many of us have giants in our lives right now? We got some giants in our lives. How are you going to fight? How are you going to defeat the Goliath? Well, the good news is he's already defeated. All you have to do is arm yourself with the word and you begin to reinforce the victory that Jesus already won for you at the cross. But the only way that comes is through his word. Amen. It's not just coming to church. It's not just praying. It's the word. The word is the basis for everything that we do. It has to be. Amen. Because that's where the real power is. Hebrews 6, 4. 
For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and to have tasted the heavenly gift or tasted the word of God. It's impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift. The Bible, ladies and gentlemen, is a heavenly gift. Amen. It is God's gift to us. Everybody get a good Christmas present? Nobody got a good Christmas present? Did anybody get a good Christmas present? Amen. All right. A third of you had really good Christmases, it looked like. The other two-thirds, take everything back to Macy's and go buy yourself something that you want, okay? But did you get that gift when you opened that gift? Did it get you? Have you ever gotten a gift and it, and it got you? Amen? And you were like, it so touched me that what you gave me, because it, it's, it's for me. You picked this out for me. You love me this many dollars, and I love you for it. I don't know why we do that, but we do. Amen? The Bible is a heavenly gift from God to you, written in blood, with all the power and anointing that you need to change any situation in your life. There's nobody that lives outside of his word. There's nobody that has a problem in this room that that problem is outside of his word. But pastor, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. Totally understand. Get back into the word. Amen. Get back into the word. So this is one of the first things that I'm going to encourage us to do in 2020. Amen. What are the first things I'm going to encourage us to do? This year, I'm going to purpose for each one of us to read through the entire New Testament in one year. Amen. You do not have to go buy a special Bible to do this. I want to encourage you that starting on January 1st, we as a body sit down, open up our New Testament, and we go to what book and what chapter? Matthew chapter 1. I want us all to begin on January 1st to begin reading the New Testament. And if we will do this every day by this time next year, you will have read through the entire New Testament. If you'll do a chapter a day, listen to me, a chapter a day, Monday through Friday. It gives you Saturday and Sunday in case you missed a couple so that you can catch up. But if you'll do a chapter a day, say a chapter a day, a chapter a day, Monday through Friday, and we're going to start on Wednesday morning. We're all going to start in Matthew chapter one, verse one. Amen. And by the end of the year, I, I like what my father does, I think is amazing. He reads through the entire Bible every year. And I think that's amazing. I get into some of the stuff in Leviticus and stuff, and I get a little bogged down. Doesn't mean you shouldn't read it. It's wonderful, powerful stuff. But we as believers were created to live in the New Testament. Those letters from Paul, the Ephesians, Galatians, all those wonderful things, those are for us how to live today. Amen? I love to know how many tent pegs were in the temple. There's a reason that they're there. And I'm not dissuading any, read that if that's what you want to do. But I'm saying for us as a believer, it's important for us as a body, WHCC, to read that chapter every week. I mean, every morning. Does everybody understand? Now, there's an advanced track. Okay? There's an advanced track. If you're just really feeling it, then you can do what I do. And I also read, starting on January 1st, I'll read the first proverb. I'll go to Proverbs chapter one and I'll read the whole chapter of Proverbs for that day. That has changed my life. I've been doing that for 30 years. I read Proverbs every day, a chapter a day, every day. 
Now, this is really advanced. Secondly, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Every day. I know I'm starting to see some eyes fill up with like, am I ever going to get to do anything fun? This is fun. And then finally, Hebrews chapter 11. Every day. If you will do that every single day, your faith will grow and your love will grow. Amen. We all have, have you been in traffic? Do you think that we need some more love out there on the freeway? Amen. Do we need some love in the mall? I've been in the mall a few times and every time I've been in the mall, people have been losing their minds over little things, over stupid things, over inconsequential things. Not getting what they want, so offended, slamming things down, making a scene over how they were treated or how they perceived they were thought. If we will learn, we all are going to have to walk in a higher level of love. Now I'm going to be talking about that next Sunday. We're going to be talking about the God kind of love. Amen? So I want to encourage you. Does everybody understand? What we're all going to do is we're going to all going to read what chapter and what verse tomorrow. Matthew 1.1, we're going to start that when? January 1st. Now, what's the advanced track? Proverbs, whatever the chapter is that day. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and Hebrews chapter 11. It doesn't really take that long. Now, here's the kicker. This is an addendum that goes along with it. Bring it, have a notebook with you when you do this. Have a notebook and a pen with you each time that you do this. Well, Pastor Jack, why? Because I'm expecting to hear from God from those verses. And if God's going to speak to me, then I'm going to write it down because it's important. If you come and look where I study, it's, I have just this hodgepodge of pieces of paper with little phrases and notes and things covering where I study and pray at home on a regular basis. Dates and times of things that God has said something to me, how to pray. And then I see all these cool answered prayers that are on there also of people that I prayed for that received jobs of when we needed tuition for our kids for school and how God met us and all of these verses and all these things. I'm constantly I want to write down if God is willing to speak to me, it's going to be important, isn't it? I want to write it down. When I started, I've been lifting weights pretty much my whole adult life. But when I moved into competitive powerlifting, there was a guy that came into the gym and he basically discipled me in how to do it. And one of the most important things that he did is he wrote down and still does every single lift that he does. He can go back 15 years and pull out a notebook and know exactly what day and what he lifted that day and how he felt after he did it. It was that important to him in competitive powerlifting to write it down. If it's important to you, write it down. If it's not important to you, if this isn't important to you this morning, you won't write it down. If this is important to you this morning, what I'm saying, you'll write it down. Because it's important that we do it. You're not just going to remember it. Write it down. So everybody got number one? We're going to start that when? All right. Number two, Mark 16, 15. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 2020, we are going to be doers of the word. Say, I'm a doer. 
I'm a doer of the word. James 1.22 says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. This is what I heard the Lord say to me for each and every one of us concerning this next point. God wants to enlarge your world this year. God wants to enlarge your world. Amen? We are going to do the Great Commission this year. We are going to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Amen? I am challenging you as point number two. What's point number one? Read your chapter every day, right? Point number two, purpose to be a part of an outreach in 2020. I want to challenge each and every one of us. Well, pastor, I'm, I don't like to do outreach. I, you, we get this vision of going door to door and knocking on doors and, and, or, or putting a box and standing up and doing preaching outside open air. That's not what I'm talking about. I want, if you want your, enlar- your world to get bigger, you're going to have to get outside of it. Each and every one of you, you have a world that you live in. You have people that you're in contact with on a regular basis. I want to encourage us to start using and sharing our faith with these people in some way, shape, or form. Come, be a part. Vincent has been knocking my door down trying to get me his vision for 2020 for outreach. I'm a little nervous about coming to work on Thursday. Because he's got so much vision, so much outreach that they want to do that he wants to do. Have we enjoyed the outreaches this year? Have they been amazing so far? Give, give the Bouchards a big hand. They've done an amazing job. They've done an amazing job. I want to encourage each and every one of us, we need to be a part of outreach. Amen? Not one of us is excluded from missions and evangelism. Any soldier that ever got drafted learned how to march. I don't care if you're a private all the way up to a general. They are learned how to march. And missions and evangelism is 101 for a believer. Amen. We are not excluded. Well, I serve with the kids. That's great. We can still, you still know how to fire a rifle, don't you? Right? The cooks in the armies know how to shoot their guns. Just because I'm a cook here doesn't mean I don't know how to shoot my gun. What's my gun? Missions and evangelism. Amen. When you got born again, you were assigned a weapon. And each one of us, we need to learn how to use it. And we have a great team with Vincent and Jessica. They will teach you. They will coach you. They will share with you. It's so non-evasive. It's like you're not even doing an outreach. Amen. Because it's so natural. It should be so natural for us to share our faith with somebody. Amen. So that's point number two. I want to commit Commit to being a part of at least one outreach this year for 2020 at WHCC. Well, Pastor, why are you just saying one? Because if you come to one, I think you'll get hooked and you'll want to come to every one after that. I want to come up here in about six months and say, look, we got too many of y'all showing up at these outreaches. We need to start doing a number system and splitting it up because there's just too many people. I want to be able to say that in about six months. But evangelism starts with each one of us individually. Amen? Pray for somebody. Is everybody saved in your life? Is there at least one knucklehead like me that was in your life? Yeah, I'm still a knucklehead. I know. But I want to encourage you. Locate, listen to me. This is so important. God loves extreme people. He loves them. 
Because as extreme you were one way, you'll be extreme the other. That was me. I was extreme one way. I was as far away from God as you could imagine. I hated church, hated God, hated everything. I was the least likely you would ever see up here preaching and teaching on a Sunday morning. But God. And it was because a group of people prayed for me and did not let go of me when it looked like they should have. So don't tell me that you can't pray for somebody because I'm living proof that it works. I'm the last person you want to tell me, well, pastor, they're never going to get saved. No. Pick one person this year. Pray for them. Amen. God will make a way for you to share your faith with that person. Amen. Amen. So number two, we're going to purpose to be a part of an outreach. Amen. Number three, and this is everyone's favorite. Okay. Lock the doors. I'm going to purpose this year to tithe and to give. Ouch. Do you see how quiet the room just got when I said that? I'm going to purpose this year to tithe and to give. It's got to start somewhere. Malachi 3.10 says, bring some of the tithe into the storehouse. Bring what I have into the storehouse. Bring a small percentage. Malachi chapter 3.10, bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I'll not open for you the windows of heaven. Now, let me just, common sense. Anybody like just common sense? What other thing in our lives could God use to teach us obedience other than money? What takes a greater place in our life? Name one thing. He didn't do it with pets. All right, let's just see how you do with pets. He didn't do that. He didn't even do it with our children. He said, there's going to be one thing in your life that's going to try and take ascendancy over me that's going to cause idolatry and covetousness. And it is money. And it is mammon. What else do you think that he's going to try us in? Because that is the thing for most of us that is more important than God. Tithing, listen to me, tithing is 101 in learning obedience. It is the very basis, it is the baseline for God for obedience. Is will you be faithful to me with one dime of one dollar? If you can't trust me in this area, I cannot give to you the true riches I'm either serving God or mammon. There's no third choice. So I want to encourage you this year. If you want to have the greatest year of your life financially, am I talking to a room of billionaires? Say, yes, you are. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Thank you, pastor. Say it again. You're a billionaire. But to start on that, I have to be faithful with one dime of one dollar. Amen? And it doesn't mean it goes to WHCC. Tithing is not about giving to a church. Tithing is about obedience to what God says for your life. Amen? It's not about me getting your money so that I can do things with it. I am not, my life is not governed by what you give. My life is governed by what I give. I'm living off the sum total of what I sow and what I give. And I'm a blessed man. 
I'm a very blessed man. So is your life. So when we bring our gifts and our tithes and our offerings, amen, it's not a religious thing. It is me really just saying, God, you are my source. I trust you with my money. Amen? Trust you with my money. Matthew 23, 23. This is Jesus. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anst and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy, and leaving faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Jesus himself was saying, you don't have to give up one thing to do the other. Amen? Jesus said, if Jesus was going to say something about tithing, that was his moment right there. When Jesus was preaching and the widow brought her two mites, Jesus right then and there, he could have said right there, well, this tithing thing, it's over and done. He didn't say that. He said, we do these things, but we do not neglect this thing also. Amen? I've had so many people try and tell me that tithing is not in the New Testament and that it's all passed away and all that. Tithing started in the Garden of Eden, and it predated the law. Look at what Abraham did with Mechizedek. There was no law there. None. And God saw what a powerful thing it was for his children, so he included it in the law to guarantee that his children would already be blessed and would always be blessed. Now, in the New Testament, I do not have to tithe. Don't have to. I get to. I get to tithe. It's an honor. It is an honor to give God my finances. It is one of the highest forms of worship there is. Because I am taking, listen, first thing in Hebrews chapter 11, the first thing in the great chapter of faith is talking about Cain and Abel and what? An offering. The very first thing in Hebrews chapter 11 is God talks about an offering, Cain and Abel. One brought the offering from what God asked. The other brought an offering of what he thought would be okay. He did it according to his way. Now look, I know when we talk about money that I'm, it's, a, it's a sticky subject for some people. It shouldn't be. The church should be rolling in so much money that when we say we want to send a spaceship to Mars to do an outreach, it should be like, yeah, I got it, I got it, you got it, we got it. Yeah, it's done, let's do it. I do not know how to raise funds. I don't know how to do it. The only thing I can tell you is that the key to your financial future, your security, and all those things is through your gifts, your tithes, and your offerings. Amen? Does everybody understand? Are you coming back next Sunday? I took pictures when you came in. I know where you're sitting. But pastor, I can't afford to tithe. I know. I know. I know. Pastor, I don't have enough now. This is faith. This is when we really find out if we trust God. Amen. This is it. This is it right here, right now. This is it. When you sit down and you got that check and you got more bills and you have money. This is it. Th that's faith. That's doing the word. All this other stuff is ethereal. It's theology. It's when you sit down and you write that check and you go, oh, I did not realize 10% was that much. 
but you say, Lord, I'm going to do this in faith. Amen. Amen. And God will meet you right there. You have my word on it. I'm a user of the product and it works. Amen. I'm a user of the product and it works. So what was number one, 2020 chapter a day? Number two, I'm going to be a part of an outreach. Number three, tithes and offerings. I'm going to purpose a tithe. And finally, number four is I'm going to purpose to serve in my church body this year. Amen? I'm going to purpose to serve in my church body this year. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It's one of my favorite verses. says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. What were you created for? Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You and I were created to perform good works. Amen. It's in us. When we got born again, he changed our nature. And in our new nature, he gave us the ability to do good works. Now, that doesn't mean just serving in your church. Our whole life should be nothing but good works. We should be a blessing wherever we go. I should be a blessing at the cleaners, a blessing at the store, a blessing at the gym. I should be a blessing wherever I go because I was created to do good works. Your church body could use some of your good works. Amen. So I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to be involved in one of our teams here at WHCC. There's a couple of different tiers of how you can serve and get involved. Our ushers and our greeters uh, those are kind of entry level places for you to come serve, get, get kind of used to us. And we get used to you. It helps to build faithfulness and obedience. We need you in those areas. Uh, we're going to have catchers and ushers and, and lap cloth people. Those are great entry level play, uh, places for you to come and get involved at WHCC. Now, if you bring children to WHCC and have been doing it for a number of months, we humbly ask you to serve at least once a month in our children's department. You're our first line of defense with our kids. Amen. We don't have paid um, babysitting here. We don't have paid childcare workers that come on a Sunday morning. It is a volunteer service that we all provide. So if you are coming, you are bringing kids and you're doing it for a little bit. My beautiful, lovely wife, Michelle, stand up, Michelle. Give her a big hand. Amen. She does an amazing job back there. Sometimes when you see Michelle coming, some of you want to walk the other way because you know what she's getting ready to ask you to do. She's like, honey, I come home and I feel like I'm selling timeshares sometimes. And I'm like, I know, baby, it's rough. But if you bring children, we ask you to humbly help once a month and serve in our children's department. If you have any desire to be in any type of pulpit ministry here, that's our praise and worship team, our prayer team, then we're going to humbly request that you be here for a number of months and go through the class that my dad is going to start next Sunday, um, our next steps class, because you really need to really know to be a part of the body. You need to know what we believe and where we're going and those types of things. Amen. So number four is I want to encourage you, get involved this year. Get involved in your church. Amen. The more opportunities you have to be connected to the body, the harder it is for the devil to pull you away with the storms of life. You got to know that someone's counting on you to be here. That's that one little thing that, that makes the difference to get up and come to church on that Sunday morning is because someone is counting on you. Amen. We're counting on you to be here. Amen. Everybody good? Amen. Let's stand up.
That was a lot, wasn't it? Woo, some of y'all are sweating, looking for the door. Checking to see what time Lakewood starts this morning. I don't know. I'm kidding. I want to invite our prayer partners to come down front. If you're part of our prayer ministry team, then I'm going to invite you to come down front. I don't want you to leave this morning. If you need prayer for any area, if you need somebody to agree with you, um, then I want to encourage you to come and and be a part of our altar uh, and, and receive some prayer. This is not counseling. Amen. This is just for someone to grab hands with you and agree with you and pray over you. Uh, I'm going to dismiss the service in just a minute. If you are not staying for prayer, I want to encourage you to go out to the foyer, to fellowship, so that we don't distract what's going on down here. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for this morning. If you need prayer, begin to come even now. If you need somebody to agree with you, come on, you can come right now.